previously on Lost. Uh, eventually, we learned that Desmond is Dr. Manhattan. He is unstuck in time. For some reason, this episode decided the best thing to give Locke to do would be to rescue Echo from a polar bear. When we can't portray white guys doing sweat lodges on, like, in pop culture anymore, like, we will be so much the worse for it. See, Locke really is like, um, in the Matrix where they're loading programs into you. And the hatch could implode. Yeah. And it's almost cozy to imagine that everyone who's not, like, an A-tier uh, cast member is just like, oh, well, they'll take care of it. So I'll tell this while you make sure you got everything. Uh, mm -hmm. In last week's episode, when Locke is saying he has to talk to the island, uh, Charlie says, uh, I hear trees are great conversationalists, which mm -hmm. uh, is probably a small joke to the fact that in Lord of the Rings, he gets carried around by the ants oh, for ha -ha, the, entirety of the entirety of the second movie. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's really yeah. good. Um, so before we get to Lost, I did finish season two of The Sopranos. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. Richie, and, uh, Richie April's out. Richie April's gone. Uh, Pussy's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew because I, I, as you know, I have these, like, very, like, shocking sort of, like, clear memories from most of my life, um, and I have one of those of my parents talking about, yeah, do you think Pussy's going to get whacked? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so I knew that Pussy got whacked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that wasn't a surprise to me. And I knew just through sort of cultural osmosis about the fish dream. Yeah. Um, but so I think I've told you that I'm reading this, this book alongside The Sopranos um, by Alan Sepinwall. And it makes the point that that season two finale is so wild because this is like a major American, like big budget TV production intended. It's, it's HBO, but like it's still intended for like pretty much a mass audience. Mm -hmm. And it spends 30 minutes of its season two finale with vivid, weird dreams interspersed with just occasional sequences of Tony shitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's kind of a curveball in a in a fun way it deny it denies your expectations for a while before giving like fulfilling them uh, yeah the dream sequences they don't stop there and oh yeah i know that i know that sopranos is a show that's big on dreams yeah i i think for the most part they uh they do them pretty well in that like there's not always like clear logic to what's going on it's just kind of like fucked up and random uh i think that's you know a good way to portray dreams uh yeah, season two. Season two is fun. The Richie, yeah. I lo I love the how the Richie resolution comes about. Yeah, they develop they develop Janice really well. That's sort of the other point that this this book I'm reading made is that like in any other show, especially like any mob movie or mob show, like the season finale is the big showdown between Tony and Richie. Yeah, and, yeah, and and you know because the show is about Tony, Tony wins. But in this show. They do this episode where he gets killed in this just like extremely banal way. Yeah. Um. And so Tony's just like, "Fuck, man. Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes. The other thing I wanted to point out 
about Sopranos is, because it kind of connects back to something I've said to you about Mad Men, is that when I watched Mad Men, I said that, like, you know, even though I know that the lesson of Mad Men is that you shouldn't admire Don Draper, you can't help it because he's so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in a similar way, I know that the lesson of Sopranos that like the dumb the thing the dumb guys take away from it is you know oh man just show about being cool with your friends yes um but again i watched that scene in season two where tony is finally back hanging with the boys after trying to be professional for an episode and mm-hmm. live at the garbage or work at the garbage company and they're just sitting outside of the pork store and polly has his uh like old-fashioned like sun deflector out so he can tan his face yeah and it's like god that does kind of seem like the life just sitting just sitting outside the pork store drinking an espresso with the boys uh, seriously yes yes so don't <laughs> don't let like obviously engage with the smart readings of the show but don't let them steal it being a show about hanging out with the boys from you because it can be that for a lot yeah. of its, its most like fun chill stretches yeah, uh, but even, the, but like even even the scene where they kill pussy, it's like yeah they're doing something serious, but it's still just you know the boys taking care of things. <laughs> I I love that Tony can't even convincingly do the no show job for a day. Yeah, uh, that will come back again and again with different characters. Who, yeah, at the end of the day, these are not these are not hardworking people. They yeah. are just like. <laughs> They are lazy pieces of shit. Uh, mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, My uh, report for the day, I came across kind of a startling lost connection of my own, which is the comics of Brian K. Vaughn. Of course, okay. you, yeah. you knew that Brian K. Vaughn uh, had contributed to the show. Uh, he joined as a story editor. He ended up writing... I think he wrote like six or seven episodes. Yeah. Um, so, but just as a fact, he was hired because Damon Lindelof is such a fan of his graphic novel. Yeah, Alpha. of Why the Last Man. Oh, is it specifically of Why the Last Man? Yeah, as I had read. Okay. I will. I'll have. I'll save most of the. I'll save pretty much everything for when he actually writes that episode because I really want to see how it plays out. But. uh you know, I got I got gifted his huge volume saga, like the mm-hmm. collected works of this comic from like it's done from like 2012 to 2018 by some people who are very dear to me, like just hey, read this while you're recuperating, and I did. And so like I you know, I can see I can see what they love about it through their eyes, and he's clearly a real talent. But more than like anything i think i've ever come across this is his outlook to me is so dated in like 2000 like obama era liberalism yeah in a way i cannot shake it seems it seems like a fossil even though again he the last the last part of this compendium came out in 2018 i find there's a lot of pop culture that like the minute trump won became <laughs> just utterly irrelevant yes and yeah like like the the biggest example to me is parks and rec like i admit i watched all of parks and rec 
it's a dumb lib show, but it's a dumb lib show I do enjoy. I think the performances yeah, sure. are good. I think the comedy is is generally pretty entertaining. But like as a cultural, like as a, like a piece of the culture, the minute Trump won, it became just completely worthless. So why why is that exactly? Is it because the show has this essential pose where like yeah, I, mean, I don't know, it's good to be a hard working earnest bureaucrat? First off, I mean you can read Parks and Rec in a number of ways. Yeah. And Michael Schur, the creator, who again, I enjoy a lot of Michael Schur shit. Like it's corny lib stuff, but I'm a sucker for it. I like it. You know, he is very much like a Twitter male feminist lib. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but it's sh- part of that outlook is this like Obama era idea of like, you know, we can do anything if we all vote and, you know, the government, you know, is doing so many amazing things. And like, I mean, Joe Biden is like, if you, I don't know how much you've watched of the show, but like Leslie's biggest celebrity crush is Joe Biden. And oh, she, oh my and, goodness. And he ends up a guest star on the show oh, uh, for awful. one scene. And like the show, who else? There's a lot of politicians in that show. Newt Gingrich is in it in actually a pretty funny scene. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt he could he could pull that off. Because the creators are, you know, these Obama, you know, Obama fanatic libs, they don't give Newt Gingrich a cameo where he comes off seeming nice. They give him one where he looks like an ass. Okay. <laughs> So it works. Whereas John McCain, who they like and respect, right. they get they give one where he's just like this sort of unassuming, kind old gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, yeah, that sounds really painful. And it it, uh... it fucking sucks in retrospect. <laughs> um, the politics of it again. The show itself is pretty good. Like yeah, yeah, good characters, good good comedy actors. It's it's a fun show, but the politics of it are just wretched. <laughs> All right. So you want to uh, talk about Lost then? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right. So this is the Lost Me podcast. My name's Ben. That's Spencer. And uh, I've seen the show a whole bunch. He's never seen it before. And we talk about it episode by episode. And tonight, we're talking about season three, episode four, Every Man for Himself, a Sawyer special. I have kind of mixed feelings on this episode, so I'm going to let you uh, start off with what struck you. It seems to mark a bit of a sea change with flashbacks in that they don't seem to care at all whether there's an overt connection with the plot uh, or with the theme of the episode yeah or the theme of the present action which i think is a good thing yeah because sometimes sometimes the connections could seem kind of forced yeah yeah definitely and this one the flashback was i don't know in my mind it seems shorter like fewer yeah, fewer minutes right. fewer minutes spent on it i think that the lock one last week was as well as much as you can point out the way that those don't always deliver uh i don't you know i wouldn't really want to see yet what lost is like without them so mm-hmm. I think both of those moves are a good move. Like, obviously, you know, with some big Soapy Jack flashback, I'm going to want the, <laughs> yeah. the, the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But this kind of bite-sized one, I'm down oh, for man. I, I enjoyed. You're, oh, I just really, hold on. Let me just check something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna okay. to give you a little treat. Okay. We are 
After this episode, we have four more, and then I'm just going to tell you, we get the Jack's tattoo flashback. Oh my goodness. That episode is going to be, like, talking about it is going to be wild because it's so stupid in such a, like, (laughs) just fucking delightful way. That's great. Yeah. It's such a dumb tattoo. It's such a dumb kind of tattoo. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Get ready for that. Um, but yeah, so the, the flashbacks are kind of changing. Um, I agree with you. And, you know, just to sort of do a little, you know, what the zeitgeist was at the time, it was a big deal, this idea, to like a way that feels weird to think about now. Do the lost writers know what they're doing? Like, is there a plan? Do they have an ending? Have they planned out how far a plan out of they done it? In, you know, have they planned ahead? Do they know all the answers? Are they making shit up as it goes along? And one of the big things was like, how long can they do the flashbacks? Yeah. And so you're you're onto something that like it starts to feel a little different because you might be wondering where they're going. So that's uh that's that's you know, on on par with what was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, let's 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 talk about the episode sort of general. Let's sort of be uh be chill and loose like we were last week. Well, r- real quick, I I'm glad to hear that people at the time, you know, were asking, do the writers know the ending? Do they know what they're doing? Uh, They were probably, people were probably asking that uh, from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only reason that that question has to matter is if you are truly the rabid like decoding everything super fan, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, I think maybe this points to experiencing loss after just knowing that everything was resolved, uh, not having to wait between seasons the way mm-hmm. I am. I think it is really, it, it is really different. Uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't really have to be caught up in the anxiety of like, How's it going to end? Is this going to be worth my time? Because frankly, I know that it was famously disappointing for many people. Uh, yeah. So it's like I can relax about it. It's fine. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely that. And also like, I mean, so like an episode like this that like maybe isn't the biggest in terms of advancing plot or like maybe even more last week's is a better example of that where like it kind of feels like nothing happened when you're just binging the show it's like okay that maybe wasn't my favorite episode but oh there's another one yeah whereas when you were watching it in real time and it's like i'm waiting i'm so excited every week for lost and like it's like a big part of my night to sit of my you know every wednesday night or whatever night it was on you know eight o'clock to watch lost and that's what i fucking get (laughs) (laughs) um so it it is different like people don't really watch tv like that anymore because you know even shows that are released uh like weekly like no one watches it when it airs except for like yeah. you know a, f- a few i guess you want to talk about the flashback yeah i feel like we can clear this one out pretty quick yeah uh what i actually like about this flashback in some ways is that it kind of proves like just how much of a low life sawyer is right that like he has no honor he will fucking sell out to the government in one second to get yeah. out of jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It reminds me of the GameSpot 
lifers essentially like the idiots on the subreddit who were like yeah the point of this is never selling and yeah. then like everyone who knew what they were doing were like you fucking idiots why do you let everyone convince you of that and it's like it, like sure sawyer is an outlaw technically but the point of being an outlaw isn't like living up to the outlaw spirit it's not yeah. like learning all of the hobo code from front to back and like proving something to someone it's like getting fucking money yeah no looking out for yourself yeah yeah and literally nothing else so yeah when i when i say low life i i mean that like endearingly like, yeah yeah like <laughs> sawyer is literally like just the a scavenger of the lowest sort and uh, you know it rules one thing i like enjoyed about i think this probably has more to do with the present action of the episode there is a real question i think a lot of people grapple with is like well, if I'm good at getting what I want, like, is, is every, like, good positive impulse of mine potentially fake? And I, th I, think, I think we can all see, see a little bit of ourselves in Sawyer. Yeah, I just, sure. I just, I love the guy. Yeah, he's the best. Um, I, love his, I love his hair in the, uh, yeah. in the flashbacks, too. What kind of musical group would be he be in? Is he a white rapper? Is he an Everclear? Like what? What is Sawyer? I mean, I mean obviously the mind goes to Kid Rock. Uh, okay, yeah, he's definitely a white rapper, but like a white rapper who also like is country. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like, but here's the thing though, right? Is that Kid Rock is a rich kid from suburban Detroit. <laughs> exactly. I have learned that. Sawyer is the real kid, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a very yeah. good point. So yeah, that's that's what he is. He is absolutely the real kid rock. He makes Blake sort of black music for a while and then just becomes a huge racist. <laughs> he has concept albums about uh of mice and men. Yeah. Oh, no, we can get back to the mice and men when they talk about it. But I was thinking to myself, like, this might be the most, uh, like, hashtag lost literary drop ever. <laughs> well, they actually use a rabbit in it, you know? That and is they true. actually do work it in meaningfully. It's not just, like, get, get me the thing behind uh, Turn of the Screw. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. No, you're right. They do actually quote it. Yeah. To the warden, did you happen to recognize that actor? I've seen this guy in shit, and I just love him as, like, just kind of like a lifeless fucker. Yeah, so he, he was in a movie that I actually have to admit I just saw recently for the first time, and it was fucking great. He is one of the crew in Predator. Oh, yep, yep. Definitely don't like it as much as I like Terminator, but, yeah. uh, but it's solid. Anyway, no, he's great in this role, too. Just, like, sort of always looks like he's chewing on something. I, I swear I've seen him in TV as just, like, just a monotone, like, uh, shitty dude before. Uh, just, yeah, yeah, probably. He does it very well. Really like it. Um, and, you know, the other big sort of, like, personal reveal in the episode, of course, we find out that Sawyer has a daughter who he denies to come into a... The what? Uh, uh, what's her name? Cassidy. He denies yeah. Cassidy's face, but then gives all his money to Clementine. So you know, classic Sawyer being an asshole uh, in the open and then hiding the good things you do. 
it could be that he's being conned. I mean, all he was is shown <laughs> is a blurry photo. It's true. Cassidy, uh, you know, wanted to be part of, wanted to be conning people so badly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he he could not. He he did not want to be a dad. What what did he say to her? Not just like I have no daughter, but yeah, I think he just says he has no daughter. Anyway, he he joins the bad dad list. Yeah, he's Sawyer both has a bad dad and is a bad dad. Wow, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know he was hurt so much as a kid that he refuses to even imagine himself in that yeah. same position. Um. All right. Well, the on island stuff is much more interesting. Let's do the. Uh, Jack and Juliet stuff and then get back to Sawyer at the end. Well, should we do the uh, what's even shorter than the flashback this episode is the beach stuff. Oh, yeah. Desmond. That was like two, two, maybe three scenes. Uh, <laughs> and, one, and one of them was just Paolo playing golf. The Paolo scenes, like him having lines, it's it's almost just like seeing like a shape that isn't real and can't logically exist. Like I cannot accept that this is a character. Yeah, it's no, just him and, him and Nikki, man. They are main characters now. Yeah, he's just he's just golfing and then he gives one of his clubs to to Desmond. Yeah. Dr. Desi Manhattan. Yeah. Well, he so that was kind of interesting him doing a little uh, you know, obviously he wants to help them he wants claire and the baby not to be struck by lightning but he has that line about how he's kind of doing an experiment here to see whether he can change a vision of the future yeah so now we know he can uh yeah, yeah really really short really short beach stuff very kind of yeah yeah it's definitely well you know i i was thinking about that actually and it's tough when you know there's a lot of characters on lost but i feel like there's you know, a few that definitely rise above the rest in terms of screen time and importance. So it's probably like Jack, Kate, Sawyer, Locke, Saeed, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's tough when three of those characters are off, we find out in this episode, on a different island. Yeah. And one of them, Locke, is kind of in the middle of of a crisis of his own, not related to the beach. Yeah. And uh, Saeed... Uh, fuck he's still on the boat right i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> that's true so, yeah so it's kind of hard to focus much on the beach when you don't have any of your normal focus points there yeah i know how we'll solve this uh nikki and paolo <laughs> yeah poochie poochie's been here the whole time <laughs> yeah when nico and Paolo, when nikki and paolo aren't on screen everybody should be asking where's nikki <laughs> and paolo oh my god the nikki and paolo stuff gets so good the, there's a lot of great episodes in season three. I was just talking to Paige about this today. That, I'd say, is the one I'm most excited to talk about. Yeah? Again, without saying whether it's good or bad, I think I've said this to you before, it is just, like, a true, like, specimen, in a way, mm -hmm. of, of television. Like, it's a singular hour of the show. Beautiful. I can't um, in, a way, in a way that's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't wait. That's, uh, I think, episode 15. So we're almost, we're getting there. So yeah, that's that's on the island. Desmond can see the future. He can find out he can change it by building a fucking lightning rod, which again, like, you just 
happens to know how to build an effective lightning rod. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. The the Lodemin the Lodemin skills just really bugs me. <laughs> more more now on this rewatch than it ever has before. Well, look, how hard can it be? It's just like a metal rod up in the air, you know? Yeah, I guess. Um, all right, so let's do uh, let's do Jack and Juliet. Yeah, we see Jack watching some cartoons. Watching some tunes, baby. Wonder, yeah. if he's, wonder if he's smoking that loud. <laughs> wonder if it's a Saturday morning. <laughs> Saturday morning, wake and bake, get some pancakes on the griddle, watch yeah. some tunes. Sounds like a great fucking, great watching fucking day. Oh, hell yeah, baby. Watching Muppet Babies. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, so uh, he's watching the tunes and then uh, Juliet gets summoned away uh, to attend to Colleen. Who is not doing too good? Uh, Sawyer says we did it, uh, and of course gets chastised by Kate. When he said we did it, I wanted you to recall for us what is the very first act of others' violence that happens on the island, or the first one we see. So the first one we see is Ethan abducting Claire. Mm-hmm. The first one that happens in terms of like island <laughs> on island time, yeah, is um the others come into camp on the Tailies Beach on the first night and steal and kidnap three people. I yeah, neither of those are violence yet. Um. Oh well, Ethan kills Scott. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. Wait. What was Scott? Steve. Even- I- I honestly don't remember which one he kills. He kills one yeah. of them. <laughs> Ethan tells Charlie, every night you don't give her back to me, her being Claire, I'm going to kill one of you. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to kill you last, Charlie. And then they, when they find Scott or Steve's body, and again, I really, like, the show, get, I'm, it's like I'm on the show. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can't remember which one. That uh, is when the they, point. When they find him, like, every bone in his body has been broken. Okay. So, so Ethan, like, mutilated him, which doesn't really fit with the vision of the others now. Like, yeah, it really doesn't. Well, I, so, so that, I, that's what I was trying to wonder. Sorry, I cut you off. I, I was just saying, I, I kind of feel like that's one of those things, it's a line that they put in there to sound creepy and cool, and they didn't really ever intend to explore why, say, Ethan could break every bone in this guy's body and, like, would do that. You have to wonder if it's a possibility that Ethan was just a loose cannon. Hmm, interesting. But uh, uh, kidnapping is wrong. I mean, you, well, sh- they all- you shouldn't kidnap. Well, they also kidnapped Walt and okay, burned- you shouldn't kidnap kids <laughs> and burned the raft. Like they could have killed Jin and Sawyer. Yeah, that's and okay. Michael. Okay. All right. That's all coming. But that was after uh, they had killed Ethan. So if you want to kind of both sides this, <laughs> I'm just trying to, anyway, track, track your shot first. I would say this. You're not on the wrong track yeah. to say that maybe the others are more in the gray area than we thought. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, good, that's a good instinct to have. Eventually, Juliet calls Jack in, and uh, they can't save Colleen, and she did. Yeah, she did. Sucks that she died. 
I was um, it, it was kind of nice that they didn't go for some like you know after he's doing the compression some like last like gasp of air and she she survives no it's it's nice to see him just straight up fail yeah he didn't he didn't have paddles yeah that's true no paddles <laughs> uh and like call time of death even though it doesn't doesn't matter in this context uh cool scene um yeah. of course the spinal the spinal imagery uh on the way into surgery that's pertinent yeah that matters who who do you think it is so i came away from watching this episode certain that it was Locke because i thought i saw like a clear break in the spine i thought i saw like jagged edges that were, were like like a jagged like cut through it that was creased I was skipping uh, back through to just like check dialogue in some scenes and I wanted to like look at that spine again. That doesn't seem to be the case. No, Jack says at the end he has a massive tumor. So when I was skipping back through, I saw the tail end of the scene where Juliet first brings Jack in and convinces uh, Ben that you know, Jack should be there operating. And Ben has, like, one of those great others lines that doesn't fully get out, uh, but is very leading, where he he says something like, that's not what he's here for, or something like that. Yeah. Then you start thinking, Jack's a spinal surgeon. Then it's like, okay, Jack is here to operate on someone. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. It would be super important if it was somehow the leader of the others. Tom looks to be older, and they said 40-year-old. And of course, as far as like kind of the continuing role reversal with, uh, with first you're interrogating him, then he's interrogating you. Uh, of course, if it were Ben, that would be very big for this season. So Yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to wait long enough. I think I think you find out next episode. Oh, sweet. Um, so, yeah, that's not one that they drag out for very long. Yeah. Um, uh, and here I was thinking that they, I don't know, thought Locke was like a good leader or like a special person. Or, sorry, thought Jack, Jack. was a good leader or a special person or some shit. Uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. No, that it's, it's, it's not, you know, we're taking the good people, like Goodwin said. It's they yeah. need something from him. Yeah, I, I read so much into those lines of good ones. Good ones. I think it's it's because you do get other whiffs of like others' ideology, and so yeah. that really like settled in my mind as like part of it. Yeah. Others' ideology. That's a very that's a good term. I've never thought of it before, but like that's a one of the biggest like overarching mysteries of the show is others' ideology. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely what I'm most interested in. At it's this point. it's. A, I'll say this, it's a slow build, but, you, yeah. but, it gets, but it gets interesting. Yeah, it's, it's fun to imagine that Jack and what they want him for actually isn't that special. Uh, it's just yeah. they need him for a special person. I, I, I love that for Jack. Yeah, because all he wants to do is fix things, right? Yeah. So. And all the show wants him to be is special. So it's just, it's yeah. great that the idea that he could be deflated to, it's just like, yeah, well, you're on a desert island. A surgeon is very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much that side. So you want to do all the uh, Sawyer and Kate and Ben stuff. 
Of course, a con man is not very helpful because they are so good at conning. Yeah, that's true. I uh, like skill set. Sawyer with a pretty fucking harebrained plan. <laughs> like, I thought it, it was cool. <laughs> I mean, sure. But like, I, his, <laughs> his shaking off of, the, of when Kate says, won't you be shocked too with, I felt it, I can take it. It's like, yeah, but like you're still gonna get thrown across the room. I thought like... it was badass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I find it pretty harebrained. That's funny. Um <laughs> it was uh of course great to see uh Ben just administer oh, yeah. the fucking beat I was down. Gonna say, what was badass was Ben whipping out his beaten stick. Yeah and just kicking the shit out of Sawyer. Was that just like a straight up baton? Yeah, so I little you know little spoiler that doesn't really spoil anything ben's baton is a recurring thing it fucking rules awesome that's like his um, signature my laugh out loud moment this episode was uh you could probably guess what it is but it's what ben is saying and doing to the rabbit when it's oh, first I... shown come on come on come on come on come on come on <laughs> Hey. Hey, come on. Hey, move. Let's move. Hey, come on, come on, come on, come on. Do come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's move it, let's move it, let's move it. Hit the hop, hit the hop, hit the hop. Let's move it, let's What's move it, let's move it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hey! <laughs> Just abusing, abusing this poor thing till its heart, you know, apparently explodes. So I'll tell you. So I think I said last week this episode has one of my favorite quotes, and it's that pretty much any time Paige and I like see a rabbit, like if we're in a pet store or like I've been at like a fucking like uh like like fall festival or something, if we see a rabbit, I'll go hippity hop, hippity hop, hippity hop, hippity hop. <laughs> that was a uh, coming in with the with the rabbit uh, was a very. It was very, you know, when he's giving that lie about like we implanted a pacemaker, Mister Bond. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a very like Bond villain, uh, like turn for Ben, which is very fun. Like you can imagine him, like, you know, before that scene, like going into a closet marked like uh, object lesson bunnies, yeah. <laughs> and just like grabbing one. Yeah, uh, very fun. <laughs> They're all marked eight. Yeah. Well, eight is one of the numbers. Remember. Of the spe special numbers? Yeah, 4, 8, 15, oh, yeah, 16, yeah, 23, yeah. 42. <laughs> if um, you are trying to do, I heard of a good prank. You uh, let loose seven bunnies in uh, a school, but uh, there's no bunny number seven. It says bunny number eight. I always remember hearing that as two hogs, one well, yeah. three. Yes, that is the actual Oh, oh, I understand. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm i the con man. You're the con man. Oh, I fell for it. I love I love that they actually go there, and when they're doing the, the shot, one of them just actually says, like, in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and you, you do that kind of, like, uh, mental, like, logic, like, okay, what year was Pulp Fiction out? They would have gotten access to Pulp Fiction. Yeah, so the others, the others, the others have Tarantino. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, by now, if they were still at it, if the others would have like 
put their uh, copies of like Infinite Jest and all their Tarantino DVDs into storage. Would the oh, others yeah. have become woke just through Twitter? Yeah, could be. No, I <laughs> I feel like the others are holding out. Yeah, they wouldn't have made their whole personalities like hating things that shitty dudes like. Yeah. I didn't I didn't expect the pacemaker thing to be a trick. Oh really? Thought it was real? I did think it was real. I thought it was real and kind of absurd. I remember thinking it was real when I watched for the first time. I remember being surprised by that it was a trick. I love that moment, that quick payoff we get where Kate uh, tells Sawyer uh, in that moment of anger at him, you know, well, I didn't actually mean it uh, when she says I loved him. Uh, that was a great Kate moment. You got to kind of like cheer for those when they happen. Yeah. When she's expressing, uh, I don't know, something that seems really all her own. Of course, yeah. it was about Sawyer, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the love triangle is at play in all this, too. You know, we know why they want Jack. Why do they want Sawyer and Kate? Um, to uh, manipulate Jack. Yeah, you know, you might be on to something. <laughs> Yay, I did it. <laughs> you did it. You did it. You win the lost button. Yeah, give me the fish, the fish. You get a fish biscuit. (laughs) Um, I I love how what they sort of do to Sawyer, which is that like in a moment where if he didn't think he had to keep his heart rate down, he would be like his most Sawyer self of like making crass comments to Kate. He instead he instead has to douse himself with cold water. Yeah, they they did a kind of like funny like play on the male gaze like you know like having him like literally look over in those moments the literal cold water was perfect um i loved so much that moment you know in the end with the big reveal for sawyer when they're on that walk of like ben linus pulling a bunny out of a messenger (laughs) bag (laughs) the scruff of its neck yeah, that bunny was just chilling in there the whole time. Apparently, he wasn't freaking out or anything. Yeah, it has its favorite music. It has its <laughs> yeah. AC on. It's yeah, fine. It's cool. Yeah. I love them kind of, like, destroying Sawyer's whole world in that moment. Yeah. Not only is escape not a possibility, but we are better at conning. Yeah. In a world where conning is so real and relevant still, uh, they are proud to be able to do it. This ending for me kind of like confirmed what I think the others do best, which is the others all are all about like kind of the fear of being known. And that is especially like pertinent for a series where everyone has a past they don't want to talk about. Like everyone would rather all their stuff say hidden. And so the idea that the others will fuck with your head by developing like a dossier on you. Yeah. And really going deep and revealing that they know shit about you. It, it's great. They're really good at that. Yeah. Um, like I said, pretty fun episode. Uh, the flashback's a little disappointing, but not, not terrible in retrospect. Yeah, it's uh, workmanlike. Um, well, next week, We'll be talking about an episode called The Cost of Living. It is an Echo-centric episode. And 
Uh, all I'll say is get ready for those uh, Africa shots again. <laughs> Yay! So. Yeah, I'm going to put on my uh, dustiest of frames. Yeah. So we'll talk about that then. Uh, folks, if you like us, uh, folks, let me be clear. If you like us, um, <laughs> let us know. Uh, recommend us to your, your friends, whatever. I don't care. Um, we don't give a shit. We don't give a shit, man. We're in it for the, the art of the pod.